when it comes to the two sessions, I tend to look for the tone. I think the big importance is targeting wage growth among average people. There's an existential crisis that is happening uh, in many countries outside of China. Gentlemen, the two sessions have been described as a window to observe China's development and understand China's democracy. So what are your thoughts on China's biggest annual political event and what are you expecting this year? One, one thing I've heard, which I, I haven't heard confirmed, is that China is targeting being sure over the next five years that wages will increase faster than GDP. And that's a very hard target to reach but I think it's the most important target to reach. So I think the big importance is targeting wage growth among average people. The United States did not deliberately say, we're gonna screw the workers, but that's what they ended up doing. One is they, they stopped enforcing monopoly uh, antitrust policy. Basically, they allowed the, especially the big tech monopolies to just take over. Mm -hmm. And so that's killed a lot of businesses and a lot of wages. The other thing they did is they allowed a concentration of financial power in Wall Street. We used to have thousands and thousands of small banks whose job was to lend to businesses. Now the Wall Street banks make their money by lending to subprime consumers. That's their most profitable business. Mm -hmm. So I think when China does the transformation, they need to be sure to avoid both of those traps. They need to avoid allowing big monopolies to take over, and they, they need to ensure that the purpose of the financial system is to finance real development rather than just gain fees for transactions or for mm -hmm. financing subprime consumers. I think that's what the 14th five-year plan and the, the current two sessions are going to emphasize. See, this, is the, to... this is the problem. When you have economists, they always lock on. <laughs> uh, Michael, I'd like to know your thoughts. I tend to look at when uh, it comes to the two sessions, I tend to look for the tone. Um, I know that there will be a tremendous amount of specific specifics in terms of proposals, mm -hmm. in terms of explanations, in terms of planning, and, and so forth. But I, I think that it's the tone, what, which things are, are going to be emphasized. There will be many topics that will come up. This is very different from the U.S. system in that the US, in the U.S., politicians, no offense, <laughs> that politicians <laughs> tend to focus on one or two topics that they think will get their voters interested. And they also um, focus on where their funding comes from. Yes, and that, that Who pays well. them off. But they, they, they don't go through the entire litany of, of important issues. Um, so since we know that at the two sessions the, uh, in, in China that, that the government will go through this you know, entire, entire uh, list of items, the question then, then comes up, well, which ones receive the most attention and what was the overall tone? Yeah. It, it's very, it would be very easy for China at this point to um, talk about its achievements. This is the centennial of the birth of, of the Communist Party of China. Uh, China has uh, just uh, declared uh, uh, an end to uh, severest levels of poverty in the country. Yeah. Um, this is also a time uh, for recognition that the country has done well um, in coming out of the pandemic compared to other nations in the world. So there could be, there, there, there obviously would be a temptation uh, to focus on those issues, but I think that fr from what I've seen um, you know, over the last 10 years that I've been in China is that um, one, one, one very good thing about the government is that they, they, they 
promote this idea that we never can rest. There are challenges facing China. Mm -hmm. There's the basic question of growth. Where is growth going to come from now? Uh, there is, of course, the, the, um, the dual circulation strategy. Uh, that's very hopeful. There's the, the Belt and Road Initiative, but there are some very big challenges. Uh, the, the, the population is aging and it is, is not growing. The United States is pushing back against uh, certain areas of technology and trying to bring its allies together um, to, to push back uh, uh, against Chinese success in certain areas of, of technology. Um, so what is, what is China you Michael, know, speaking going of to that, do? so how is China's new five-year plan uh, relevant or significant to the rest of the world? And as you mentioned, so should other countries worry about it or support it? I think that, um, that other countries should work constructively with China. China has recently concluded agreements um, with a number of Asian nations mm -hmm. and also with the European Union in terms of trade. I think there are more opportunities for that. And I think that, that those are pathways um, that, that China can use to work against um, its being targeted by, let's say, the Biden administration and perhaps some of its mm -hmm. allies. Um, in, in order to, to push back against some of the success that China mm -hmm. has had in technology and other areas. Mm -hmm. Ina, can I ask you a follow-up one? By the end of the 14th five-year plan, where do you think China will be in terms of its economy and global standing? There's an existential crisis that is happening uh, in many countries outside of China, for instance, the United States and Europe. The belief is that they have the best system. But as you pointed out, the best system hasn't been creating the best results. David, would you like to add on that one? So where do you think China would be in another five years in terms of the economy and global standing? Well, a lot of it depends on the international situation. I, I'm very afraid that we're going to face another global financial crisis. And, and China's uh, central bank has been much more responsible than most of the other central banks in the last year. Uh, the, the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank has just been pumping out money. Their explanation is they want to fight the, the COVID crisis, but we're going to have to deal with that. And most likely it's, it's either going to cause inflation or a financial crisis or both. So China needs to be prepared for that. So I, I think the dual circulation strategy is very wise that China will have to concentrate primarily on its own internal markets for future growth. Mm -hmm. Thank uh, you, David. I, I think that there are a couple of things that China really has to do uh, to succeed. They, they have to s ensure that the prosperity that we see in the big cities spreads throughout the country. Uh, That's the, a the plan now. The future consumers are out in the countryside. They're in small towns. They're in villages. And this new digital technology and the financial system needs to be targeted at giving them good entrepreneurial opportunities and good jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you. China has to concentrate on that internal market. Uh, it, it will attract foreign, foreign producers, uh, but for China, China's a big country. So, so usually China announces its GDP growth target, but last year it didn't do so because of the economic uncertainties mm -hmm. caused by COVID. So do you guys think we're gonna have a target this year? I mean, quite frankly, I mean, you're economists, I, I do a certain amount on that. GDP is irrelevant. Uh, the truth is, if you talk to any economist, they'll tell you it's, it's a measure that was very useful in the days when you made something and it was stuff from your country. But in a global supply chain, all right, 
uh, you know, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. GDP is not the best uh, uh, way of measuring how come, I, I would agree with you, disposable income, employment, mm -hmm. uh, e efficiency, how, how well, productivity gains, these would seem much more important. I think I'd like to, to disagree with or, or, or perhaps uh, reinterpret something, something that Einar said, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think the growth is extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the G GDP figure, although it should be interpre interpreted in an enlightened way, um, is also important um, because it has tremendous psychological implications and people follow it, unlike some of the other statistics uh, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that, that you mentioned. Um, I think that until, you know, China's currently on a, a program uh, toward 2035 to double uh, the size, size of the economy, um, yes. to, raise, to raise wages, raise income levels um, by that time as well. Uh, to achieve a moderately advanced society, I believe is the term. And I think that to get there, the nation needs to have consistent ongoing growth. A crude way to measure that is through GDP. Also, GDP is relevant to investors, um, even fairly sophisticated investors, I think, will take a look at it. Uh, so I, I think that, that there, there has to be a focus on growth where the growth comes from and how it affects individuals, of course, is incredibly important. The government's objective in trying to double the economy is not just to you know, achieve a certain number on paper, but actually improve the livelihoods of people, to make them wealthier, and just to get more of the wealth in hands of, of more people. Thank I, I want to be clear, it's, not, it's wages that matter, not, not really just disposable income. People have to have jobs and they have to make more money. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And they need to make more, they need more sophisticated jobs. China needs to continue to produce mm -hmm. its indigenous innovation. That's really what's important. But that so, begs the, uh, the issue of education. Uh, and the right kind the, of education. What, the country that is going to win the next economic race so I'm is the one that on is preparing its people for the new economy. What would you like to see happen in the two sessions and what proposals would you bring forward if given the chance? I, I, I'm a very big fan of this idea that you have economic development as a very important, but you balance it with social goals. I think that has been one of the primary things that we've seen over the last 20 years is that there has been this shifting emphasis not just to external uh, exports and things like that, but to uh, balancing the economy so that people are moving together. So it's not only poverty alleviation; it's the Rural Revitalization Act that is going to follow the Poverty Alleviation uh, Bureau. They're there to do exactly what you were talking about, which is to raise the incomes of everybody. Why is that important? Wages, as you said, I agree with you. The more money people have, real wages, jobs, meaningful jobs that are sustainable, the better off your economy is going to be. The more people that join the middle class, the more stable your society is. Michael? Got a bit narrower here. As a professor of finance, I want to focus on financial markets a little bit. I'd like to see more emphasis on developing markets for corporate debt, bond markets. David? I hope that the two sessions focuses on innovation, indigenous innovation. I hope they focus on real wage growth, and I hope they focus on spreading 
prosperity throughout the country. Those are the two things I hope they focus on, and I, from what I hear, I think that's what they're going to focus on. Thank you so much, gentlemen. We wish we could talk a bit more, but we're definitely going to invite you back next time, also for the two sessions. 